Hello everyone, I hope this finds you well. Welcome to Ha'i Garret, or The Message, a unique journal of original and plagiarized Jewish thought in the merit of my grandfather, Benjamin Arieh Ben Meir. This week, the podcast is also in the merit of Yocheved Yehudit Badzev. May her memory be a blessing, and may her neshama have an aliyah. This week's Parsha is Vayeshev. We are closing up on the starring role of Yaakov Avinu of Jacob, and we are now shifting to his second youngest son, Yosef. Joseph of Technicolor Dreamcoat fame, of course. When Yosef is introduced, he is the youngest brother of all of Yaakov's wives' children. He is specifically mentioned to have spent most of his time with the sons of Bilcha and Zilpah, uh, Yaakov's two handmaidens, not quite at the level of full wives like Rachel and Leah. But why mention who Yosef spent his time with? Wouldn't Yosef was friends with his brothers do the trick? There are three uh, most common explanations that greatly differ, but the one I like best is from Rashi. Rashi, Rabbi Shlomo Yitzchaki, explains that Yosef spent most time with the sons of Bilcha and Zilpah because the sons of Leah, again Yaakov's other main wife besides Rachel, spurned these sons of quote-unquote lesser wives, and so Yosef went out of his way to befriend them. And this interpretation really warms my soul. Have you ever watched a show or a movie where a pariah-type, outcast character is introduced? Someone who's clearly being put up to provide a foil for the beautiful, charming main character? Most of the time, the beautiful, charming main character doesn't do what I want them to do when they see this outcast being bullied or mistreated. I want them to stand up for the outcast, to use their high status to raise the lower. It so rarely happens, but when the beautiful and charming main character does treat the outcast well at their own risk, I am so happy. And then also, their beauty and charm is multiplied by tons, at least to me. Yosef is exactly this example of the beautiful and charming main character, and I just love this mental image of him being friends with Bilcha and Zilpah's sons. So Yaakov really loves Yosef, like, almost too much. Yaakov likes Yosef best for a number of reasons. Yosef is a child in Yaakov's old age, and Yosef is his only son so far from his favorite wife, Rachel. So Yaakov makes Yosef a fine tunic, a katona pasim. This is, of course, the Technicolor Dreamcoat from the musical retelling of Yosef's story, Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat by Sir Andrew Lloyd Webber. Yosef's brothers aren't too crazy about him, though. He tells on them when they're acting up, he gets a fancy coat, a musical by Andrew Lloyd Webber, and on top of all of that, he also shares these prophetic dreams that he has. These dreams, though eventually proven in later Parshiot, aren't very complimentary for the future of his siblings. So one day, when Yosef is sent to check on his brothers, they decide to do away with him once and for all. They throw him in a pit, but then change their minds when they see a caravan of Ishmaelites, Yishmaelim, tradesmen heading toward Egypt or Mitzrayim, and decide to sell him as a slave. The Torah specifically mentions that the tradesmen were carrying spices, balms, and lotus. Why? It doesn't seem like the most relevant usage of words, and as we discuss, the Torah never really uses an extraneous letter. So Rashi comments that this is the reward of the righteous. Usually, tradesmen in these areas would only carry tar or badly smelling oils, but because Yosef was a tzaddik, a righteous man, it was arranged that the caravan taking him would only have beautiful smells. This piece of commentary really has stuck with me. Uh, Yosef is being dragged to be sold as a slave in Egypt. Picture this, how incredibly traumatic. Firstly, to be sold as a slave in a different country is one thing, but to be sold by your big brothers, who I assume are fathers themselves at this point, just awful. Okay, but if we fast forward, everything turns out okay. 
Yosef is taken to the house of Potiphar in Egypt, where he rises to be the top of this household. Then, when falsely accused of sexually assaulting Potiphar's wife, is sentenced to jail, but he rises there too, becoming the head of all the prisoners. Then he becomes known for his interpretation of dreams in jail, which eventually leads to him being released and rising to be the second in command in Egypt. That last bit is a spoiler for next week's Parsha. But things are going to be okay for Yosef, even though they seem far from okay. This example of the tradesmen and their spices is a beautiful instance of light in the darkness, when things are so bleak but the one glimmer of light manages to shine. It's a common theme to reflect on, but think about instances in your life where even in the dark there was light, even in the struggle there was a sweet smell. Even as a slave, Yosef kept on being his righteous self. Even in jail, he rose to the top, made friends with the prisoners, and used his own talents to finally be freed. Even in the struggle, Yosef saw the glimmer of light and kept on. This is such a relevant idea to the holiday of Hanukkah, which started tonight. As you may know, Hanukkah isn't just Jewish Christmas or all about gifts and eating latkes. Hanukkah is about resilience, about grit, and about bouncing back. The Hanukkah story definitely has lots of nuances, but I'll just give a simple version. In the second century, which is honestly very recent in regard to most Jewish holidays, the Greeks, Yevanim, made decrees outlawing Jewish practice. So some dedicated Jews, the Maccabees, decided that this was not cool. They revolted, and even though they were a small group, they won. After this victory, the Jews went to the temple, which had been ransacked and dedicated to the Greek god Zeus, and rededicated it to God. Hanukkah means rededication. They wanted to light the menorah in the temple, but could only find enough olive oil to last one day. By a miracle, the oil lasted for seven more days, and voila, we have Hanukkah. But as you may know, Hanukkah is eight days. Why eight days when the miracle was only seven extra days of miraculous light, as we just mentioned? So Slovy Young Rice Wolf gives a really nice explanation. The Jews even looking for that small flask of oil was a miracle. Who could have blamed them for giving up hope after this extremely harsh struggle? After seeing pigs slaughtered on the temple and being barred from Torah study, the fact that they even cared to light the menorah was incredible. So that first day of non-miracle oil is a miracle too. In this story, the Jews had grit. Grit being passion and perseverance for long-term and meaningful goals. Grit is a predictor of success. It's a quality employers seek, and it's something we as Jews have honestly had on lock for thousands of years. Hanukkah itself is not a sprint. It's not one crazy night of light and happiness and sufganiot, which are fried jelly donuts, or for my Louisiana crew, beignets with jelly. We light one candle each night, slowly but surely adding and adding light. Also, as a note, Yosef's name comes from the Hebrew word lehosif, meaning to add. So it's excellent timing. On the final night, after eight days of consistency, we get the fully lit menorah. A beautiful sight, not just because it's a menorah, but because we've been there every night putting in the light, the growth, and now we get to reap the benefits. Enthusiasm is common, but endurance is rare. Grit is rare. The Maccabees had grit, Yosef had grit, and all of us here on earth have to have grit. I am wishing you a gritty, happy, healthy Hanukkah. Shabbat Shalom. I'm also going to leave the link to watch Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, which is an excellent piece of art, a combination of whimsy, bizarre tone shifts, Torah stories, excellent music. Please listen. Um, also, if you liked what you heard, please do rate, review, or subscribe. And I hope you have a great weekend and a happy Hanukkah.